Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Tall Cop Says Stop podcast. I'm your host, Jermaine Galloway, also known nationally as the Tall Cop. Today, we are going to be talking about Amanita, Amanita muscaria. And what is that? What's it all about? And why is it being sold over the counter in your gas stations, shopping malls, smoke shops, and some other retail stores? And why are your kids able to access it? So first, before we dive into Amanita, which is something I know many of you guys have never heard of, so spelled A-M-A-N-I-T-A, before we dive into that, um, you have to understand psilocybin. So I'm going to touch on psilocybin mushrooms for about two to three minutes, and then we're going to dive into Amanita and what it is and why it's popular. So first, with psilocybin, this is the same psilocybin you remember, that your grandmother remembers, that your parents remember from way back in the day, that they remember in the 60s, the psilocybin shrooms, which are a hallucinogen. So psilocybin mushrooms are a hallucinogen or a psychedelic. So you'll hear kids especially reference them as psychedelics. You'll hear other people say hallucinogens. So it's a class of drugs that make you hallucinate. So LSD, ecstasy, psilocybin, those are all hallucinogenic drugs, hallucinogenic properties. So with some of our hallucinogens, you hear of the po you know the positive or the popular side effects such as, hey, I, uh, you know, I look at a person and they have a cartoon on their face and it's funny or I see all these vibrant, beautiful colors streaming down the wall and things like that. There is another side to psilocybin overdoses or overdoses to psychedelics. And some of those sides are having very negative side effects, what people will reference as a negative trip, a very negative experience when this mind-altering substance is impacting them and is affecting them, a very negative euphoria. So sometimes that can end up with self-harm, anxiety, depression, all these things, okay? And a kind of a lag, a feeling of feeling blah when they've come down off of the drug, feeling very, very ugh, just blah, okay, where they have no emotions and no feelings. But when we talk about drugs like this, when a drug becomes popular, it's not just that drug. It's everything that's associated with it. So examples I gave people was heroin. Heroin's always been popular, so I'm not saying it became popular. But popularity with heroin over the last 10 years significantly rose, as everybody knows, during a heroin opioid epidemic. So as popularity with heroin rose, everything associated with heroin rose. So Imodium got more popular. Uh, Benadryl, which is diphenhydramine, got more popular. Everything associated with opioids got more popular for many reasons. And to plug future podcasts, just be paying attention because we will be addressing all those drugs and more on other podcasts. So with that, here's what is happening. Psilocybin is being legalized by some states. Some counties are legalizing mushrooms for medicinal purposes. And that's a whole nother, another conversation that's different from today. The medicinal side. There is some stuff out there. There are some podcasts out there talking about that. But I'm going to talk to you about the street-level drug culture side, guys, because this is what I do. All right? I'm in your stores all the time. I've done scans in stores in all 50 states. I'm going to tell you about what I'm seeing over the last nine months with psilocybin and these psilocybin-like products. Okay? So as states are legalizing psilocybin, drugs that associate with psilocybin – are rising in popularity significantly. So is it safe to say, whether it's on impaired drivers, it's on kids at schools, it's on kids in your homes, it's on people on probation, parole, what have you, that we are going to see more psilocybin, more LSD, more ecstasy, drugs that we've all heard of. But in some cases, you say, I can't remember the last time I saw LSD. Yes, you are going to see more of it. I'm telling you right now, 
Get prepared. One of the things I say in all my classes is educate yourself on hallucinogens and psychedelics. Understand them, understand signs and symptoms, understand what they look like, understand how they work. You need to understand all of it. I am already getting emails from schools about psilocybin overdoses. I am already getting emails from mental health providers. I'm getting emails from every sector out there that is saying, hey, are you hearing more about mushrooms? What the heck is going on? We're seeing more and more about it. Okay, here's one that came in in August, and I'll read this email to you. It says, I was wondering if you've seen an increase in use of mushrooms because I've had multiple students this year talking about using mushrooms. I rarely heard kids using mushrooms in the past four years. I've been in my position. Any info you could share would be appreciated. That was out of the East Coast. That was an email that I received from the East Coast. Here's one that I received from also from the East Coast, but a different state just a couple months ago. Just saw your post on teens using mushrooms. Here in Maine, two weeks ago, six kids brought four ounces of shrooms for $400, bought four ounces for $400. One kid got so messed up, he literally ran through a glass door. It took three of his buddies to subdue him until we arrived, okay? And this is a person who says, I caught your class, keep educating. These are the emails that are coming in, guys. I can count my emails for mushrooms in the last two months. I've received more probably in the last two months than in the last 10 years, 15 years. So what that means is it is trending. So you, if you understand trends, if something happens once, that's an incident. If it happens multiple times, it is a trend, okay? So let's roll from the psilocybin side and let's dive into Amanita, what this is, what's going on, what's trending, and why. So Amanita muscaria, what is the deal with that and why is it trending and why do none of us know about it? Well, how, do, how does this drug hit our streets and none of us have heard of it? So Amanita, A-M-A-N-I-T-A, muscaria, M-U-S-C-A-R-I-A. Amanita muscaria has been used in, for, in other countries for centuries. This is not a new drug. It is a form of a mushroom. It is a different form of a mushroom. So it is not psilocybin. To be clear, Amanita is not psilocybin. It is not brand new. It has been around for a long time. Why is Amanita such an emerging trend then if I sit around and tell you it's not brand new? It's because it the forms it is emerging in have just shown up in about the last nine months to a year in all of your states. To give you an idea, in recent states that I found Amanita in, Hawaii, Idaho, Texas, Oklahoma, um, just to name a few. Okay, off Michigan, off the top of my head. Um, I'm putting it this way. Indiana, most of the states I have gone into, I have found Amanita in. And it's in their smoke shops. So if you guys don't know what a smoke shop is, a head shop, a shop that sells pipes, drug paraphernalia, all that stuff. It's in some of their shopping malls because I'm going to tell you where to find products too. When you walk into a shopping mall, you, many times you see those stores that maybe have a glass bong in the window or a weed pipe or those kiosks that sell you know, vape pens of some type or maybe sell herbal drugs. That's where you find these products at. They're tucked away among all the other products sitting there. Also, you might find it in some vape shops, but the other one's gas stations, sitting right at the counter of gas stations. Okay, So when we talk Amanita... This particular form of shrooms, the most common form I am finding is gummies. By far is gummies. Made by different companies, different brands, which also raises a hurdle. If you have different companies making a drug that no one is regulating, no one is testing, how do we know what they're actually putting in it? 
So do I, and this is what I say about all drugs. Do I believe everybody who makes a drug is lying? I do not. I know some of them say, hey, this is what the law says. It says I can do it. That's what I'm doing. But I also know some are lying just because if you play the numbers, some of them are not being fully transparent either. And if you talk to toxicology labs who've done testing on various different drug products that we don't test, they have in sometimes found other things in there, other things like synthetic properties, which we'll talk about when we get to Delta 8 on a different podcast and other items in there. So with that in mind, is there a possibility that someone making Amanita shrooms might actually have other synthetic properties in there or other things in there that we don't know. Sure, absolutely. And getting back to it, the Amanita shrooms I am finding come anywhere from five milligrams to I recently found one, and I believe it was in Hawaii. It was either in Hawaii or Michigan. Um, you guys know me. I'm in a couple states a week, so it's hard to remember sometimes even where I'm at. Um, and I, it had up to 500 milligrams in one gummy. The bag was 5,000 milligrams. So when you look at it, you could have students or adults who think they're eating one gummy from one bag and it's 50 milligrams and they ate a different one from a different bag on the next day and it's 500 milligrams where you could see overdose. All right. Now, why Amanita though? Why so popular? Amanita in higher doses, and this is information that you will get from boots on the ground, street level drug culture. Amanita, when dosed higher, gives many individuals a euphoria that is similar to psilocybin. So again, Amanita is not psilocybin, but Amanita in higher doses works very similar to psilocybin. So you have psilocybin, which still is a controlled substance, and then you have Amanita, which is being sold over the counter. And Amanita in its purest raw form, so in its purest mushroom form, is toxic. So many people will tell you it is a toxic substance. But so now, obviously, when it's in gummy form, they're not using it in its raw form. So what is happening? Is it going to a lab? Is it being altered? Um, is it they'll call it decarbing? Are they decarbing it? Are they introducing it to heat? Um, I'm hearing a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. But, you know, I haven't been in any of the facilities that are making this stuff, so I'm not completely sure what they're doing. I'm sure it's out there on some other podcasts uh, for some people who I'm sure are pro-Amanita. I'm sure they're talking about that. But I, I, I don't completely know what they're doing, and there's no way anyone could really know unless you're in the lab making it yourself. Now, low doses of Amanita might have relaxing dream-like effects. So, And when I say might, you got to be careful because some people say, well, isn't this better than that? Or isn't it safe? Or isn't it safer than this? When talking about drugs, guys, one of the things, mistakes that we make is comparing one drug to another. Every drug impacts everybody differently. So heroin impacts everybody differently. Meth impacts everybody differently. Uh, cannabis impacts everybody differently. And Amanita is going to impact everybody differently. So that's part one. But also, you know, are we saying, is this safer than psilocybin or ecstasy? Or are we saying, is it safe by itself? Right, And with a drug, you always want to look at it by itself. And any drug in high doses or could be moderate dose, because, again, that's subjective. What's, define what high dose is. Any drug in moderate to high doses can be dangerous. Any drug. And when you have Amanita, although it's been around for centuries, we haven't done, done studies on it. We have not. The FDA has not done studies. We have not run it through trials. We have not done all those things. So we don't have a lot of answers. And even if you start looking at people who talk about it in blogs and things like that, some will tell you there's not a lot of answers. Okay? There's not a ton of info on this and especially the way it's being used. So I did a class last night just to give you guys some examples 
that I run into boots on the ground when I'm doing scans and things like that. Did a class last night, had an individual raise his hand, and he said, so, and he, I don't remember the country. He goes, but what about research from this country that talks about this drug and how it's been safe in that country? And I looked at him, and I, you know, I was transparent. I said, I'm not familiar with that research from that particular country, but here's what I can tell you. We use drugs vastly differently in the United States than they do in other countries. So whenever we start comparing the U.S. to other countries, you are comparing apples to oranges. You are not making the same comparison. We tend to synthesize drugs. We tend to manipulate drugs. We tend to alter drugs. And then we tend to use a lot of them. And we tend to dose it higher. Where in other countries, sometimes we see people dose it lower or add it to a tea or sip on it throughout the day where they have maybe some different goals where our goal is to get as high as a kite. So be very careful when you start making comparisons between us and other countries because we don't use drugs the same way, okay? Now, I do want to highlight a couple other uses that we're seeing for Amanita. People will microdose it. Where microdosing, microdosing has been popular for a long time. It's not a new term, but microdosing is where you use a small dose or a small percentage of a drug. So your goal is not necessarily to get high. Your goal is to reset your mind. So you might say, I don't like using that prescription stuff. I don't like using prescription pills to help me focus or prescription prescribed medications. I am all natural. So I am going to use Amanita or even cannabis to help me focus. So that's a reference you will hear from individuals who talk about microdosing, okay? Low doses might have milder effects, but, uh, but also they might not. And ultimately, I can guarantee you one thing you're going to see, overdoses in schools, and you're going to see Amanita associated with impaired drivers and other drugs because that's the way this works. Most people do not just use one drug. Most people, it's polydrug use, and this is the way this game works. So now... A question I get in class, can my kids buy this? And I get this from professionals too. Yes, in many states they can. It is being sold over the counter. And let's say a state did pass 21 and over age restrictions. You know, alcohol is 21 and over. Do your kids acquire that? So when you make a drug more available, more people use it. That is a simple concept to follow in the drug world. If you guys sit through any of my classes, you'll hear me say that. Follow the concepts. You make a drug more available. It could be caffeine. It could be heroin. It could be meth. It could be Amanita. It doesn't matter. More people use it. So with that, yes, your kids can acquire this easily. What about prices? It's a question I get a lot also. How much does this stuff cost? The Amanita that I'm finding in most of the states is about 7 to $10 for between three to six gummies. Now, it all depends on the potency of the gummy, but that's – the approximate price points that I'm getting, okay? So Amanita is packaged very differently. It generally does say it on the outside of the packaging. I mean, as you know, I'm doing this podcast, I'm glancing at some Amanita photos. One of them right here is from a Hawaii shopping mall where Amanita was sitting out in plain view right next to the drug Kratom, K-R-A-T-O-M. You'll hear about that one on a different podcast also. As you can see, this is only our second podcast, and boy, do I have a lot of stuff to talk to you guys about. We're going to be rolling out a lot of these. I got a lot of stuff to talk to you guys about. So one of the alarming things that I did find just about three weeks ago, I walked into a shop. The price point was $15. I found Amanita in a vape pen. So the Amanita Muscaria was in a vape. It was a flavored vape, watermelon, sour apple vape. But that vape also had a synthetic compound in it, too. So I will talk to you about that again moving forward. We have more stuff to talk about. But 
I'm already seeing the mixtures of Amanita and synthetics, which means what are the side effects to that? No one's going to know. None of us can tell you because we don't know. We haven't researched that. Looking at some of these other ones, here's a watermelon-flavored Amanita. It does say 21 and over on the package. Um, some of the other things the packaging will say is it does not contain psilocybin. So this one right here, it says lab tested, but who's the lab? These products do not contain psilocybin, but they even tell you how much to dose. On the back of this bag, it says one gummy is a microdose, two gummies, just chill dose, three gummies, take off dose, four gummies, space trip dose. This is literally what this, what this package says, and this is being sold in your gas stations and your retail stores. Another one I ran into was in Idaho, actually, where it was a chocolate bar of Amanita that was mixed with Delta 9. Delta 9 regular THC, Delta 9 being weed. It was Amanita mixed in with that, and it said on the chocolate bar, for educational purposes only. How many of you guys buy chocolate for education? How many of you guys walk into a gas station and say, I'm going to buy this chocolate bar so I can educate myself? Has anyone ever said that any time in your lifetime? If you have, please email me because I, I do want to hear that story and how that works. Uh, as we start closing some things down, let me highlight a couple more things for you. When we talk about Amanita, I found this interesting. I, I searched Google Trends. And I searched Amanita gummies in the United States the past 12 months on Google Trends. The top five states that came up, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina, Mississippi. So, yes, those are all states in the southern region of the U.S., but those are all states that do not have legal cannabis. So could you sit back and say those are that people searching this were maybe individuals who could not access drugs as easily as you could in Colorado, Washington, or Oregon, let's say? All right, which means this. Let's roll that over to kids. Could that have been kids searching Amanita gummies? Because as an adult, I would think a lot of us would search Amanita or Amanita mushrooms. Who's searching Amanita gummies? And guys, I'm not just saying high school. I'm talking elementary, middle schoolers too. So it really started to pick up in December of 2022. So now it would be nine, ten months ago is when this started to trend. When I first found Amanita was right around February of 23. That's when I first stumbled upon it in multiple stores. And they were had it at the counter. It was sold out. Clerks were saying it's very popular. So this is a very popular trend. And this is why it's one of our first podcasts we're rolling out because of this. This trend is popular with street-level drug culture. It is very popular with street-level drug culture, and many professionals have never heard about it. So one of the things I'm going to tell you to do is not just listen to me yourself, but forward this out. You need to let others know because your colleagues don't know what it is either. And you are going to see it on in schools. You're going to see it in labs. You're going to see it on the streets. One of the last problems I'll tell you is we're not testing for it, though, either. So when you don't have a field test for a drug, labs, many labs are not testing for it because they've never heard of it. I don't even know if they can. Uh, if I have any lab folks on here, please make sure you email me and let me know any information you can share about labs and Amanita. And we can get that on future podcasts and get that out. Okay, I want to give you guys some closing stuff here and let you know what you can be looking forward to from your Tall Cop Says Stop, You Can't Stop What You Don't Know podcast. Um, coming up, I will have other, other podcasts on vaping, nicotine, and cannabis. We will talk about cannabis products, dispensary products. I'm going to do a podcast on scans, community environmental scans. We're going to do some on Imodium, Benadryl, fentanyl, everything coming. I try to keep my podcasts at 20 to 25 minutes for you so you can listen to them on the way to work and on the way from work. And then you can share this information out. I don't want to overwhelm you on every podcast. I know some of you go, oh, well, I failed at that. You're already overwhelmed, but that's okay. Um, please share your info with me. 
my the way to get a hold of me, go to my Tall Cop Says Stop website. And that I just said it, www.tallcopsaysstop.com. Tallcopsaysstop.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at Tall Cop Says Stop. And finally, you can sign up for my email, my newsletter. I have a newsletter. If you would have been on it, you would have heard about Amanita two months ago. So for my newsletter, go to Tall Cop Says Stop. In the top right corner, click on Contact Us. After you do that, just submit your information and hit Submit, and that will get you added to my newsletter, okay? And finally, for you guys who want to see an in-person Tall Cop training, I train in all 50 states. I have trainings coming up most likely in your state or near you. Go to my website, email me if you want to know when one of those trainings coming up. You can also catch us at our upcoming Emerging Drug Trends Conference, which is going to be held in Charleston, South Carolina. Go to emergingdrugtrends.com for that website. This year's in Charleston. Next year is going to be in Dallas. So we get attendees of all sectors from all over the United States. So every professional sector shows up to that training. So emergingdrugtrends.com is going to be that website. Okay, so this is Jermaine Galloway, Tall Cop signing off. I appreciate you guys being here. And remember, you can't stop what you don't know. Take care, everybody.